she uh, slams the gear shift into park. And the screeching belts of the engine silence. The AC's on its last leg and on a day like today. It's the last thing she hopes would fail. The sliding door of the Astrovan is like a jet breaking the sound barrier as she opens it wide. She unbuckles the seatbelts, all three of them, grabs the baby bag. She has to put her shoulder into it, closing the door. Hold hands in the parking lot, please. She's tired, worn out by divorce court. Bled dry by attorney fees. Adjusting to new life as a single mom, she's exhausted. But the kids, dressed in superhero t-shirts and hand-me-down shoes, they walk, or rather bounce like pogo sticks across the sidewalk, eyes wide. There's jolly jumps here. Grandpa was at the street fair last week in Old Town. And some guy named Dave or Ray or something handed him an invite card. And he hasn't seen his daughter in uh, quite some time. It's not like they're estranged or anything. His daughter has just had a hard time making time. Hasn't been easy since his wife died two years ago. Coming up on three now. But seeing his granddaughter, it's like an act of sanity. And so he told his daughter, invited them, and they said, you know, they're going to try and make it. And so he pulls into the parking lot at 11 o'clock on the dot. He just got back from deployment. And it always takes some time to reacclimate to things. It's like a life that he pops in and out of, almost. Like the kids are ecstatic that he's back, so is his wife, Jen. But sometimes he has a hard time turning off the military man. He doesn't say that, of course, but it always seems to gnaw on his insides, especially as he barks orders and raises his voice at the kids, at Jen, and even the dog. He was previously stationed in Jacksonville, and so they're all used to the heat, but he's dragging his feet today. He doesn't want to be here. But his wife had some friend from the church invite them, and so he's here. And in about 90 minutes or so, anyone or all three of these people are going to walk up to a grassy field for an event that lasts for 150 minutes. And, you know, we can make the best burgers, and we can blow up five different bounce houses, and we can break through three pinatas and race on three legs. We can chew our way through watermelons. We can have live music, musical chairs, hula hooping, photo boothing, cornholing, arts and crafting. We can have face painting rivaling the Mona Lisa. But the impact we make is only as good as the attitude 
that we do it with. And so I think it's simple recalibrating, a simple refocusing of our efforts today can change everything. Like, do you realize that as you are running the potato sack race, you're not just hosting an event where kids and adults hop across a field in scratchy bags. No, you have the opportunity to share God's love and care. Like, do you realize that uh, as you pull a string and hand a kid a bat and say, beat up this pinata, you're not just trying to keep him out of the ER. You are <laughs> trying to share the love and care of God. Do you realize that as you are monitoring the jolly jumps, you are literally entering into the bowels of hell <laughs> as kids bouncing on blown-up PVC-coated vinyl in 88-degree weather. But you're doing so much more. You're showing God's love and care. And what a privilege it is to serve. But why? Because Psalm 100 verse 5 says... The Lord is good. His loyal love lasts forever. His faithfulness lasts generation after generation. And if we can just reach one, right? If we can just reach one in this next generation, isn't that enough? No, no, of course it's not enough. We got to reach all of them. So we better get busy because it's worth it and it's good. And that's what we're going to explore today as we continue with the Psalms of Summer where we're exploring the words and hopes and dreams and truths and promises about God and us and all that it means for our world. Psalm 100, that is our focus today, how God is always worth it and good. And you know, the Psalms, they teach us to pray. The Psalms teach us that profound change always happens in the presence of God, and people who pray are people living in hope. This is how it begins. Psalm 100, verse 1. Shout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with celebration. Come before Him with shouts of joy. Know that the Lord is God. He made us, we belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his own pasture. Enter his gates with thanks. Enter his courtyards with praise. Thank him, bless his name, because the Lord is good. His loyal love lasts forever. His faithfulness lasts generation after generation. And I remember being in grade school where the teacher would say things like, boys and girls, use your inside voices. Raise your hand if you have a question. I even had some friends who went to like cotillion or something, you know, like that civilization classes where they teach a kid how to, oh, this is where you place the fork and the knife, sit up straight, pinky up. <laughs> well, all that was out the window. We had driven long and far. I mean, all the way to Orange County. And upon arriving at Orange County, it was like we entered into a completely different world. 
we exited the Ford Explorer and walked into a castle complete with colorful flags flapping in the wind. We walked into past the drawbridge and there were mounted on the walls swords and shields and spears. You know what I'm talking about, right? Medieval times? You got it, Veronica? There we go. That's the medieval times I'm talking about. And we entered into this place where you don't use silverware. You eat with your hands right off the bone. You slurp the soup straight from the bowl. Like you wear a crown like a king or like a queen. No inside voices allowed. You don't raise your hand if you have a question and horses would gallop past with a knight bouncing atop, clad in shining armor, flashing a gleaming sword. And then there was some slave or serf, a servant of the royal court dressed in extremely tight green tights. And come to think of it, he did look familiar after all. And judging the time frame when, when Jeff was employed at Medieval Times, I possibly could have seen this slave servant serf in these extremely green tight tights. And he announced to all, hear ye, hear ye, one and all, come at back a thousand years. And the knights would then clobber each other with axes and swords and shields. And all the while, we would shout triumphantly, unhinged, no inside voices allowed. But I don't think the author of this psalm is writing this for six-year-olds at medieval times. It's for grown-ups, too. People who might be marginalized and dominated by empires between the years, the 10th century to the 3rd century BC, or even people beyond, even like us today. And what we all have in common with them is this, a really big God. A God who is loyal, a God who is faithful, a God who is dependable and loving. He is creator and sustainer, always worth it and good. And it is with this God in mind that these words are declared in the full awareness of the unrelenting difficulty of human life. Verse 1 says, Shout, that is scream, yell, raise your voice above the norm, and do so triumphantly, that is with victory, with the reality that you are raising your voice because of some great overcoming that has occurred. Shout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth. That means everybody included. And anything less than all the earth is to misunderstand the worth and the goodness of our God. It's everyone, one and all, all the earth. This is the proper way to greet a king. And verse 2, it says, serve. And that's the proper way 
to respond to a king. It's avad in Hebrew, and it could also mean something like worship. Some of your Bibles might render this word worship. Well, I think they're one and the same. It's a comprehensive term, avad. It means to, to serve is to worship, and to worship is to serve. Avad means to orient your whole life toward an all-sovereign, all-powerful master or king, like being a servant or a slave, like Jeff at Medieval Times. So serve the Lord with celebration, with festiveness, with a party like you're stoked, even if it's 88 degrees. Come before him with shouts of joy. And there it is again. Shout, elevate your voice with joy, not happiness, but joy. Because happiness is something that comes and goes. It's based on the circumstances, whereas joy is not defined by circumstances. Joy is something that is here to stay because it is all based on God. Joy is something that defies circumstances. Serve the Lord with celebration. Come before Him with shouts of joy, with that attitude that defies circumstances. And you know, this isn't like mob mentality, where your whole section is suddenly rooting, cheering for the Yellow Knight, Sir Braun of the Blackwater, because Dad had one too many Budweiser's. No. We shout triumphantly and serve with celebration and come before Him with shouts of joy because God is always worth it and good. Verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God. He made us, we belong to Him. God is our Creator creating us with such intricate details, with blood vessels stretching farther than sea to shining sea. And do you realize as an adult human being, you have beneath your skin over 60,000 miles of blood vessels. That's more than twice the distance around the world. But think bigger. Just the ability to have an ever-expanding Multiverse. I don't, I don't just mean like a galaxy or a solar system or a universe, but the potential for universes, the multiverse. Just the ability to have an ever-expanding multiverse so finely tuned and an earth so meticulously put together, the fundamental building blocks to matter, and the ability to exist as relatively stable particles with gravity, electromagnetism, strong and weak nuclear forces, such laws of nature instilled by God, I believe, are so finely tuned and engineered precisely to produce complex, intelligent life. Like if the force of gravity, not just on earth, but in our whole entire multiverse, were or anything more or less, none of it could have come together. Like if it was too strong, everything would be smashed into nothingness. If it were too weak, nothing would be able to stick together at all. Just being able to sit on a four-legged creature called a horse and hold a sword in your hands or a soup bowl, all the details of everything have to be more than perfectly precise. It is a cosmological miracle. And then there's you. You. 
in order for you to be here now, trillions of drifting atoms had to somehow assemble into an intricate and agreeable manner to create you. It is an agreement so specialized, it has never been done before, and it will only exist this once. I mean, do you realize that it took two people, your parents, to get you here? Weird, right? Like, don't think about that too much. Well, each of your parents had two parents. So in the generation before your mother and your father, there were four people whose pairing off and sharing love contributed to your existence. You are the product of eight great-grandparents, 16 great-great-grandparents, 32 great-great-great-grandparents. And if you keep on multiplying that number by two and you figure an average about 25 years between each generation, a mere 500 years ago, there were 1,048,576 people on this planet beginning the production of you. This is all to say that you are a biological miracle. You are an event with odds against so astronomical. It's like they're effectively impossible. Like oxygen spontaneously becoming gold. You are an oxygen spontaneously becoming gold miracle. And somebody made that miracle. And I don't mean your parents on that magical night way back when. Gross. No. I mean someone made you the oxygen spontaneously becoming gold miracle. And even more so, he made oxygen and he made gold. And he came up with the whole idea of spontaneity, not to mention time and space and what we call life itself. God spoke to nothing and nothing heard it and became something. Chaos heard it and became order. Darkness heard it and became light. And nobody said a word. And the reason nobody said a word was because there was no one there to say a word. And so God himself said, that's good. And I believe the same God who himself said, that's good. He's the same God who created you, the oxygen spontaneously becoming gold miracle. Or perhaps it was all just by chance. But I believe that God is a good creator. And he's our master too, that we belong to him. And, and despite anything that anyone has ever told you before, God doesn't create junk. Only masterpieces. And that's what that ownership means. God doesn't make junk, only masterpieces. Oxygen spontaneously becoming gold masterpieces. Verse 3 continues and says, We are his people, the sheep of his own pasture. And as a good shepherd, he provides. That means care, love, support, goodness to you. And in the ancient Near East, kings were often viewed as shepherds of their people. And Psalm 100 wants us to know that God is shepherd of both his people and the entire cosmos. Like, we are not self-made individuals. You may say, well, yeah, I, 
I, I serve and I work and I came so far and that's great. Great. Good for you. But you are, are not a self-made individual. You didn't make yourself. Like you didn't decide not to be born in the Middle Ages where medieval times was the real deal. Not to mention the bubonic plague and your diet consisting of an onion. Maybe a cabbage stew and on special days rabbit or mutton. No. You didn't make yourself he, God, created you and me for such a time as this, here and now, and we should thank him for it. The only proper response is joyful gratitude and praise, and not just with our lips, but with our whole lives given in service to him. Because to live is to praise God, and to praise God is to live. So every act of service is really just an outpouring of our love for him. God loves me this much, therefore I dot dot dot. God loves me this much, therefore I. Verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanks, enter his courtyards with praise. And this mention of gates and courtyards, it, it reminds me of like temple worship. And at the heart of worship, is thankfulness. Yeah, but I just don't feel it. Well, what are you coming with? What have you come with to worship? Celebration or bitterness? Shouts of joy or the stress of the week? And that's all fine. What are you coming with? Thanks or aggression? Praise or frustration? Yeah, but I just feel, ah, or I, I just don't feel. Or you know what? To be honest, I just, I just can't. Well, these psalms are actually declared in the full awareness of the unrelenting difficulty of human life. Like, you might not feel it. You might not feel like it. And that's okay. But through the process of thanks and praise, we discover how much, in fact, we have already been given. So go back maybe to verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. He made us oxygen spontaneously becoming golden miracles. We belong to Him. We are His people, the sheep of His own pasture, provided with love and care and support and goodness. So enter His gates with Thanks. Enter his courtyards with praise. Thank him. Bless him. And the essential meaning of bless is to bow down, to kneel in service and honor to him. Why? Because the Lord is good. And only God is good, and no one else is compared to him. He is the very definition of good. Why? His loyal love, chesed lasts forever. His faithfulness lasts generation after generation. God is always worth it and good. He is, as the Hebrew puts it, tov. He is tov, that which produces life and contains the potential for more life within it. Good, goodness, beauty. It's like a seed that becomes an orchard. 
That's what tov is. Tov expresses whatever enhances, promotes, produces, or is conducive to life. And the tov, the goodness of God, is so good. Get this. The goodness of God is so good that it creates in us the ability to do good. So when the tired mom with her kids bouncing like pogo sticks stands in line for free hamburgers, who's going to show her that love and care? Who's going to show her that love of God? When grandpa, who hasn't seen his granddaughter in so long, when he watches her face beautifully painted into a purple tiger, who's going to show that love and care, that goodness of God? When the dad is dragging his feet, standing in direct sunlight beside the jolly jump, wishing he could be anywhere but here. Who's going to show him that love and care, that goodness of God? What a privilege it is to serve. But you know, the impact that we make is only as good as the attitude we do it with. After all, we're just some ordinary, extraordinary oxygen spontaneously becoming golden miracles, trying to put on a free event for other oxygen spontaneously becoming gold miracles because we believe that the goodness of God is so good and so worth it that all the earth should know about it. And because he is always so worth it and so good, so loving and caring, so finely tuning and engineering our ever-expanding multiverse, we get to say thanks. And it's really only the proper response, joyful gratitude and praise, not just with our lips, but with our whole lives given in service to him. It's really just an outpouring of our love for him. God loves me this much, therefore I dot, dot, dot. I mean, I have more than an onion to eat. I have more than cabbage stew. I am cared for by the good shepherd, the God who is loyal and faithful and dependable and loving. He is creator and sustainer, always worth it and good. And it is with this God in mind that I can declare these words in the full awareness of the unrelenting difficulty of human life because to live is to praise God and to praise God is to live. And through this thanks and praise, I discover how much I have already been given. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, his mercies are new. And you and I, we don't deserve that. We don't deserve to be oxygen spontaneously becoming gold miracles. We don't deserve any of that. But the God who's created everything wants a personal relationship with you and with me and with the people of our community. And so that's why we're doing this event. It's not because we want to go outside and hang out in 88 degree weather. But our God decided to come here to live and show us how and to die on a cross and raise from the grave so that we could be made whole and right. To live is to praise God and to praise God is to live. And through all this, I discover how much I have already been given. 
so how could I ever hold that back? How could I ever hold that back? No, no, no. I get the privilege to serve.